just recently, on Ash Wednesday, with the imposition of ashes, we began the season of Lent. That is like, if you think of it, it's like a 40-day retreat that the entire church goes into to prepare for Easter. We prepare every Easter to renew our identity in Christ, our belonging to Christ and the church. And so we need to prepare to do it in a meaningful way. And we imitate what Jesus did before his public ministry. Jesus himself went to the desert led by the Holy Spirit to prepare for that public ministry. The Gospel of Mark maybe has the shortest account of that going uh, into the desert and being tempted. And he, St. Mark notes, however, he was there, he was tempted by Satan. Jesus knew he was going there to find temptation and trial. It's as if before all the temptations and trials he would face in his public life, he wanted first to face those trials in the battle of prayer, sort of to overcome Satan in, in his own soul, in his own uh, dealing with him in the desert. Now, it is a bit striking that Jesus accepts a path that has all these temptations, if you think of it, because many times we hear that it's important to avoid temptations. We even say in the act of contrition, I will avoid occasions of sin. I should kind of run away from temptation. So if we shouldn't expose ourselves to spiritual dangers, why does Jesus go this way into the desert? Is he being a bit reckless, maybe? Is he taking too many risks? Well, I, I think you would be reckless if you chose to expose yourself to temptations needlessly, without being called for. The principle of avoiding occasions of sin applies to areas in which we might feel especially weak and when there's no need to go into temptation. For example, I, I was doing works of mercy just recently with a group of our students, and we walked by this store of Swiss chocolates. And not just nicely wrapped, colorful boxes, I mean slabs of chocolate of all hues and shapes and, and with all kinds of nuts. And I thought to myself, this is the kind of store I should not walk by if I can avoid it, you know, especially in Lent. So there are things like that. There are th things that we should kind of walk the other way because we know we are weak. But when it's about pursuing your mission in life, when it's about using the talents that God has given you to improve them, to grow them, and to use them for other people, then it's okay to accept a path in which you will be tempted. Even more, it may be your duty to go into a path in which you'll find temptation, because let's face it, if you seek to serve God and do great things in this life, you will find battles. You will be tempted to pride, and many times you will be angry with people around you, and many times you'll face some maybe envy because other people are doing similar things, and maybe... They shine more than you at the moment. If you are successful, you, feel you're, you may be tempted to vanity. If you're not going, doing so well, you may be tempted to discouragement and sadness. But if you're afraid of this, if you run away from all these temptations because that's danger, you will find other temptations. A 
temptation to become selfish and wrapped around yourself and become lazy and all fearful and less generous and more callous and to maybe even lose faith and to disregard the voice of God in your life. So not entering into that path of battle also has its own temptations. So I think that's a temptation that is very common today, however, to avoid going into the desert because it's just too much trouble. Here's how the temptation could be phrased in today's terms. I want to do things that are tailored exactly for me. I don't want to go at any moment out of my comfort zone or be bothered in any significant way. In, in short, I don't want to fight. I don't want any hassle. That's the temptation. And I think that you know, to, give, to give in to this temptation has some serious consequences. One of them is that we lose accountability to other people, something that we really need. We lose accountability and we tend to isolate ourselves. Because obviously doing things with other people and being accountable to them is challenging. If I want to do things that are tailored for me, well, obviously I cannot work with other people because there will be different preferences. Working with others will lead me to work better, more efficiently, but also I will clash with people. I may find gossip or uh, disagree with others. So I may say, well, I want to avoid all of that. Yes, but I will lose the excitement and the excellence and the effectiveness. The other consequence that we will face if we try to avoid every fight and kind of try to find the easy way without much hassle is that we will run away from commitment. We run away from any commitment because any commitment brings with it the potential of some future trial. What if I commit and then in the future I feel different about this? What if I discover a better opportunity or someone better? What if the relationship starts to break down, to fall apart? So we may say, it's too risky. I'll avoid it. But then, you know, we also lose the deeper kind of relationship and confidence that can only be found in committed relationships. All those things that only happen in marriage or in a consecrated vocation, in the priesthood, in becoming a parent, in committed friendship, in commitment to a cause or a faith community. There's a story in, that I uh, remember always in the life of St. John Henry Newman that illustrates this temptation of wanting to avoid any inconvenience or difficult path. It was at a point in which the Irish bishops were asking Newman to, be, to lead the efforts to establish the first Catholic university in Dublin, in Ireland. This was around the 1850s. And Newman was a famous convert from Anglicanism. He was a scholar. And he was in his 50s at the time. So one afternoon, John Henry Newman decided to go north of London and visit a good friend of his, Richard, who was also a scholar from Oxford, now retired, to seek his advice. Richard was, had a, kind of different views than Newman's, but Newman valued him. He said, he's a, he's a wise man. I want to see what he thinks. He's a good friend. So he went, and he does a great job in describing the house of this man impeccable English lawn, beautiful trees, 
and the amazing mansion this man had and how he enjoyed his books and his dogs and great life in reti retired now. And so a friendly debate began to take place. Newman said, well, uh, you just live for yourself, Richard. And Richard said, you know, he couldn't understand why Newman was embarking himself on such a complicated journey at a time in his life when he could already be relaxing and, and kind of waiting for retirement. He said to Newman, John, why are you getting into all this trouble? And most of all, he said, you're an Englishman. What do you have to do with the Irish? I don't know about that objection. And Newman replied in his writings, he replies with a phrase that stuck with me. He says, kind of in response to Richard and that mentality, he says, what right has anyone to retire from the world and profit no one? What right do we have to retire from the world and, and benefit no one? Well, I think that's a phrase that stems from a Christian understanding of life, of someone who believes that this life is not the only thing there is, and we have a purpose that was given by God to us in this life. And we will only find who we are in connection to that purpose. So for Newman, that desert, going into the fight at that time in his life, meant going to Dublin and going to those Catholics in Ireland that needed him and to those families and to those young people that wanted to see him as a leader in education. That was his desert. But the question tonight is, what is your desert? What is that battle that Christ is inviting you to enter into and not run away from? It may be some, something in family life for you, dealing with some situation that's not easy, not running away from it, but carrying the cross. It may be supporting a co-worker or a friend that is struggling right now. It may be speaking to your brother when it's easier just to avoid him. It may be praying faithfully when, even when you don't feel like it. It may be having that important conversation in your marriage you may be accepting that path that God has for your vocation in marriage or in religious life. But face your battle. Don't run away from it. Don't give in to this mentality of, I just choose the easy path. It's too much trouble to go into this one. Because you may miss the opportunity to find who you are meant to be in the eyes of God. So how do we get started? Let me suggest three quick things to conclude here. The first one is to start with fighting the idea itself. You know, whenever you catch yourself discarding some good possibility because, well, it's too complicated, think twice. Things don't need to be discarded because they're difficult or problematic. Just evaluate them for what they are. Don't just take the challenge as an immediate no. The second one is Wage small battles that will strengthen you. Lent is a great season for that. Begin waging those small daily battles that will strengthen your soul. Because if you become good at these smaller battles, when the big one comes, you will feel like, I think I could tackle that. If you fail or you run away from the small battles, the big ones will seem just overwhelming, impossible. Small battles are... Tidy up your room. 
exercise, get up early, respond to emails and calls, be on time to your appointments, develop a discipline of prayer. Those are small battles, but if you face them, if you start at least picking some of them and face them, facing them faithfully, you will grow, you will be stronger, you will be more confident. And finally, work on the areas that you need to grow. There's no generic deserts. There is your desert. The desert is the one you had to fight if you tend to work too much, if you're kind of an overachiever, well, slow down and spend more time with God and other people around you. If your issue is technology, it's becoming addictive, do something about it. Tackle your desert. That's where the reluctance will be. That's where you will try to run away. So what is that? What is that battlefield that the Lord is presenting to you and telling you, come with me. Let's enter into that desert together. May we pray. Lord Jesus, show me what is that desert you want me to enter. And give me the fortitude that I need to face my temptations. Lead me, Lord, to give of myself and so fulfill the mission for which you have created me. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.